This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Nat Powers and Reed has COVID. I have COVID. I have COVID. I know. Like, <laughs> so stupid. I mean, to be fair, like, we know how shit my immune system is. If I was going to pick oh, up yeah, something, we do. it was going to be COVID. My, my body loves to, like, collect infections and diseases. I'm surprised it's taken you over a year to get it, to be right? honest. Right, right. Well, you can thank my good old friend Anxiety for that. Like, oh. <laughs> Thanks for um, protecting me and making me do nothing. Uh, for a whole year and a half. Yeah, yeah, fuck me. Well, I got this uh, watching the England game, the footy, uh, of course. I mean, it, uh, it, oh, it was bound it to happen. Yeah, I'm glad it could have been something really shitty, like a bad fuck or something. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful that it was the England game where we lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was. But you know what? We sad. didn't deserve. We didn't deserve to win because of all the fucking racists oh, that support England. My God, we it made me like, sick. I'm, I'm glad that we didn't win because otherwise they would have been happy. Okay, I'm not glad that we didn't win. I. Re- it would have been really nice to win, but the disgrace that is our country oh, of the fucking the people the stereotypical people that follow mm. football and the racism that was directed at our players it was uh, like it was everyone is upset yeah. and embarrassed and ashamed makes me ashamed yeah it makes me yeah. ashamed to be from here from britain yeah exactly fucking bullshit so angry about it i'm so angry today because we're in the middle of a heat wave and you know what happens when we're in the middle of a heat wave all our blood Boils. Boils, literally boils. Boils up. And then we're just like left with this rage, like New York City rage. Like, is that, is that what it's could, called? I don't know. Just someone else said it to me today. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, it is like New York City kind of like, fuck off, get out my way. Get and like, way. you know, don't piss me off. Otherwise, I will fucking come for you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Florence is on one today. Uh, there is a, there's been plenty of emotions going on. I was going to say, I discovered that relationships are hard oh. <laughs> again. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, we forget God that they're hard. It. We're like, oh, it's, it's all just like full of love. Love, unless you break up the horribly. honeymoon period yeah and then that goes and you're like wait wait you're you're a fucking <laughs> dick <laughs> you're not great all the time and then you realize that you have codependent codependency issues oh my god you're yes like, oh fuck yeah so florence sent me this incredible podcast um called was it the therapy chair therapy called a therapy chat therapy chat therapy chat yeah mm. uh, about codependency and it's probably the best therapeutic podcast episode i've ever listened to the guest that the the host has on there and I wish I could remember their names because they should be named because they're amazing just Mm. everything that they were saying resonated so hard oh my god right I was like wow I've been codependent my whole life (laughs) yeah type in therapy chat codependency and find this podcast it will change your shit Florence I just just keep talking about it yeah, and I, I thought it'd be good to bring up as well because I feel like COVID and like the pandemic has made us all very codependent on our partners. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people will be relating to it right now um, that, you know, they get their dopamine, they get their happiness from their partner oh. um, because they're so used to only having their partner about. Um, and I'm definitely suffering with that. Um, yeah. Me and my partner both realised that we're codependent on each other. And we decided to take a little like... Um, not 
just like some space from each other but I'm like I'm here like an addict like oh my god I just want to <laughs> see him so much must get dopamine well yeah. take a fucking bow and give yourself a round of applause for actually focusing not focusing recognizing that it is codependency issues and I because we have all gone through them and stuff that we didn't even realize like listening to that podcast made mm. me realize how codependent I have been not just on um, romantic or sexual relationships but yeah. also friendships on parents mm-hmm. on parents with children like the yeah. like on on work like I it blew my mind we're probably codependent on each other I was thinking we, yeah you know what we probably <laughs> we, pro- we, we probably, probably definitely are didn't even think that you're so right yeah basically like, we're all fucking codependent on everyone we need to just stop relying mm-hmm. on other people to make ourselves feel good it's good yeah. to reach out but you need to be able to find those techniques that make that help you do it by yourself. Yeah. I think we should bring this topic back up for another episode because I think it's really interesting to deep dive into codependency and also just relationships and how it's not just smooth sailing all the time. But as we've got a guest on today, we need to do this brief, brief introduction. I know, it's super um, brief and there's so much to say as well. There's so much to say because obviously Ree's got COVID and... New news. Okay, several new news is I got COVID um, and then just like the day before I found out I, I was positive, tested positive, um, yeah. I found out that I had PID, which is pelvic inflammatory disease, which oh. I'm currently taking a cocktail of antibiotics for. Um, so I've got the shits, of course. But yeah, two oh, weeks fun. without sex or drinking alcohol. Oh. It's and, and isolation. And I'm in isolation for 10 days. And I'm like, well, what, what the fuck is there for, left for me? You know, like, <laughs> what pleasures do I have? Uh, I mean, I've pretty no. much broken my wand. You know what? Oh. Okay, there's, so I am, I am seeing somebody at the moment, but like, kind of like really nice, friendly, friends with benefits, seeing them kind of way. It's really, really, really cool. Where did you meet? <laughs> <laughs> on the field app, of course. Oh, like all yeah. of my days. Our favorite um, field. And this was actually great because on field, I always have like an agenda and I'm always like, right to the point. What are you into? What do you like? What do you not like? Yeah. And then I, it's really easy to be turned off by that. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? No, like I'm I'm actually not going to ask that. I'm just going to ask to meet up with this person. I barely knew them at all. And you mm-hmm. know what? His, so his name's Sam and he says it's cool that I can talk about him on the podcast. And in fact, he'd love Aww. me to talk about him on the podcast, which is nice. That is um, very cute. Show offs. He. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so we didn't chat before, had a really great date, fucked on the first date. He came back to mine. Oh, because my foot was broken. Yes. Oh, I normally go, yeah. I go away and I don't fuck at mine because I share a, a wall with my sister. Like, I love you, Flynn. But she's poor, poor girl, man, poor girl. Um, and then, yeah, we fucked and the sex was fucking great. It was exactly what I had been looking for. Um, the mm. type, the way that he fucked, the, the, the things that he said, the things that he did, I was like, this is amazing. We can work on this. This is, we can get to like existential levels of great. And you know what? We're here. I'm trapped in lockdown. We're having great video call sex, like great video call sex. You deserve this as well, because it's been a long time since there's been like a consistent person that makes you feel good. Yeah, it really, it's been a long time. I've only ever wanted to fuck people like once or twice. And then I'm like, exactly eh, not what I'm looking for. But that's not to say that they're bad at sex. I read something online that was like, people aren't bad at sex. It's that you weren't sexually compatible. So oh, yeah, exactly. Week, but you, you never think of that. You just like, oh, I was shit in bed. Oh, she mm-hmm. was she was crap. You know, like, 
it's just because you weren't sexually compatible. Sam is very sexually compatible and he's a little freak Amazing. like me. Ah! Well, a freak in the making. He's a freak, a freak in the making. In the making, yeah. So he was like not really into anything kinky or exciting. And I'm like showing <laughs> him. Introducing him into him. your dark lair. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Come it's into my great. dungeon. It's, it's <laughs> um, so yeah, and he's fucking fit as well. Like well fit. So yeah. Mm. Yum. Yay! I'm very, I'm, I'm happy. Um, She's happy. Pussy's happy. Well, actually, no, pussy isn't happy because I got PID, pelvic inflammatory disease. I don't know why I have to say it like that because people don't know what PID is. What PID is, no. Yeah. So PID is, just quickly, um, it's an infection or bacteria that is in your vagina that ends up mm. spreading to your uterus, your fallopian tubes and ovaries, which is it turns into pelvic inflammatory disease and it's like a serious thing you know if they find out you've got it they're like you need an immediate shot of antibiotics in your ass well this is what they do in the uk with the nhs um and then two weeks of two different types of antibiotics and it's a big fucking deal um this is why everyone is told to make sure they get sti checked because if you're if you're passing something round that could be you know that could turn into pid because pid for women turns into infertility and it's, yeah. it's it's a big old fucking deal um but yes, only one great. in four cases of pid is sti related um i this isn't sti related this yeah, is um you don't even know where you got it from it's like no. well fuck this like what so what i have to do i have a semi-confession i've not been great at cleaning my sex toys recently so that could have something to do with it um, um and I think I've had PID sticking since the before. crusty ones back up in there. Yeah, and I really shouldn't have fucking done that. But I'm a lazy bitch, and I don't want to go all the way to the bathroom trying to avoid my housemates just to fucking clean my toy. And oh, it's a, no. I know I'm, I'm annoyed at myself. So <laughs> you know, I, I did this to myself. Um, or it could have been thrush. You can also get it from BV. You can get it from mm-hmm. basically anything that upsets your vagina. Um, yeah, it's fucked. And. It, it didn't hurt. I didn't know that it was there until, like, I started having sex with Sam. And I was like, mm, I am getting a little bit of, like, weird pain, you know, after yeah. sex and between between periods and excruciating periods. So, yeah. yeah, when I went to go get checked out, they were like, oh, yeah. Okay, so that's... Second that's time you've weird. got it as well. Shit. Second fucking time. I know. My vagina just loves it. I think some people are just really susceptible to it. And they're like, yeah, mm, yeah infect me. Mm. Well, from talking about women's health, Oh, um, we want to talk about um, men's stuff with yeah, our man. guest that's coming on, Nat Powers. We're super excited. Um, he'll get to introduce himself very, very shortly. But yeah, men's mental health and men talking openly. So I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. Nat Powers has already done our Curious Friends on mm-hmm. the Instagram and done a little video for us. So yeah, check out that video because he is astounding. Um, so yeah, let's let's, let's get him on. on. Hey Nat, welcome Hi. to Foxgiven. Hello, hello. Oh, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Um, we were just saying how amazing your F- Curious Friends video was on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first mm-hmm. videos you had done talking about yeah. man stuff. Yeah, it was really insightful. I remember when I watched that, it really like warmed my heart to hear oh, a man talking so openly about all of these things as well. Cause it's just, you never hear it. You never hear anyone yeah. talking about it. Yeah, Warm, true. Warm down no, cockles. So please, can you just let everyone know a bit about, about who you are, what you do and why you're here talking to us today? 
Yeah, for sure, man. Um, my name is Nat Powers. Um, it's my real name. And um, I'm a music producer. <laughs> I work in the music business. So yeah, I'm a creative guy. Um, I'm here today to talk to you lovely ladies because time to talk up. You know, I've, I've noticed along the span of my whole life, I'm 35, I've noticed, you know, men don't talk. I spent a considerable amount of time not talking, which was really painful. So I think to redeem that pain, I might, you know, I might as well start talking. So here we are. Yeah. How, how did you get to this point where you were ready to talk? Because I think that's probably like the hardest part of it, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, it's a process. I guess my process was this way and it, 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 I had to go through what I've gone through to get to this point today. So it was a lot of like resentment, a lot of holding stuff in, a lot of being toxic um, got me to this point today. Um, so, you know, thank being, you for saying that. You know, That's like a, a big thing to say. Oh, I was a motherfucker, man. I, I was, I was, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but I was, I was, a, oh, I was oh a yeah. Piece of I mean, it's called yeah. Fox Given. It's called oh, yeah, Fox course. Given, yeah. Like, that's my we talk about film. Out. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for I don't know what I'm talking about. Checking. Yeah, I think it's yeah. <laughs> double double check. Um, yeah, I was a motherfucker. Wait, so you're a big mo- motherfucker. I was motherfucker. a motherfucker. I was a motherfucker, man. Like you know, like I was oh, toxic. No. Um, I had like a terrible problem with alcohol. I was violent. Mm-hmm. I used to fight. I used to, I used to do questionable things. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm a good person. I always have been a good person, but I ended up going into areas of my personality and my persona that didn't really match who I really was. And as I was saying before in the video that I did for you guys on Come Curious, yeah, it was external aspects that turned me into that person. You know, I was like, my abusers were like in interjecting things into, into me and then I was acting it out. So I was playing a, a role that was written by other people. Essentially, I was acting. But um, mm-hmm. that brought me here today. For sure. I mean, that happens a lot with um, toxic. I mean, that is what toxic masculinity is, really, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because men feel like they have to portray themselves in a certain way to be a man, to be masculine. But that's just so not true. Actually, I feel like, you know, to be, if you want to like say it, like, if you to be a true man you need to be honest and be open and talk about your feelings and th- there just shouldn't be a difference between being feminine and masculine really a hundred percent that's you know that's the whole root of the problem is that we have this misconception of what it is to be a man um as you just said like me like as a man as a male like someone who was born in this world as a man and i'm still a man it's like i was the most man when i started talking about this stuff <laughs> yeah you know what i mean i was, I like, was the most man yeah the most manliest man wait listen the most like the most hairs i ever got on my nuts was from when i started talking <laughs> about my most darkest secrets and my my biggest regrets and like being able to say to the world like oh i was a fucking you know i was i was toxic mm. i was i was lost in that world of that ocean of like this is what it means to be a man don't cry like oh, your, your mate showing emotion. Oh, you're a pussy, bro. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all of that stuff. And then obviously yeah. I've gone so much deeper into all these areas and even just those, those terminologies, like you're a pussy. Okay, so what, what we're essentially saying is you're a vagina. A vagina is, you know, we're saying that because it's wet, it's like, et cetera, et cetera. But why are we using female anatomy to degrade our fellow men? Like mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, essentially I had to come out of, those prison cells that I had in my head 
of what it yeah. was to me to be me or be a man and it was all bullshit and uh, yeah here I am today and I'm the best thing I ever did was get in touch with my emotional self and talk mm-hmm. to people about it openly in any it's, kind of context really and it's so hard to do because for for loads of people but especially men because it's not that they don't want to be able to talk it's like that they, they we haven't given them they haven't been taught the tools to be able to talk you know like even just growing up like watching your parents growing up going through school your teachers no one tells you that like it's okay to be open and talk about this absolutely Um, yeah it was like boys don't cry wasn't it like yeah no one thought that it was okay for I remember what the first time I saw my dad cry was when when my granddad died and I was so like shocked by seeing my dad yeah. cried because I was like, wow, I've never seen. Him. Yeah. Like, and that's a already a toxic like, way to oh, think. It is so dangerous. Like, check it, it out. My, so bad. My, my dad, like, I've seen my dad cry once. I don't, I disowned my dad last year, right? I have nothing to do with my dad. That's a personal choice. But in mm. my lifetime, my dad repressed his emotions so much so it led him to a path of drug addiction. He left mm-hmm. a wife and three kids and my mum with a mortgage and we were in abstract poverty. <clears throat> and then... He ended up getting sectioned. Um, mm-hmm. He lost a career in literacy. He wrote books. He's, a, he's one of the smartest individuals I've ever laid my eyes upon, but also one of the most fucking stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, that's, that's the truth. Like, so, I mean, he repressed his emotions. I don't mm-hmm. think it was because he thought I'm a man, but he just repressed his emotions. But I'm just linking the two because he is a man and he repressed his emotions. So I don't think he did it to be more manly. Um, I think he just didn't know how to check in with himself. And again, like you said, people are not taught. So, you know, when yeah. I was growing up, I was never taught how to how to check in with myself and be okay with it. My mum is very emotional. My mum is was a hippie basically in the seventies. And mm-hmm. my mum is my mum is like, I'll love everything and everyone so much so I'll even kill myself for it. So Whoa. she she hasn't found that balance, unfortunately. And she is also she's paying the price for that now, which is incredibly hard for me to see. But mm. it's my mum's emotional compassion that has enabled me to not be in prison or not be dead by now and for that reason it's like I understand that every man must channel in the feminine that's already in him to be Mm -hmm. able to survive out here because if you just stick into this toxic masculinity you're basically keeping yourself on a battlefield that doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. so how how do you check in with yourself Ah, that's a great question I mean (laughs) you know Reed coming with the deep questions here I mean I think I think personally it's a real process like I think there's a lot of stuff out there which is amazing um, which can help people like there's great books there's great sources there's great information there's a lot of guys talking now so you know apart from me there's a lot of people presenting information out there but I think it's a lifelong process Um, I think all you've got to do is start you've got to detach yourself from your ego and you, you've got to let go of the pride because all of this stuff that men have is all about ancient pride. You know, men like being, I guess, physically on, on the whole stronger physically than women. We've for thousands of years plowed the fields and fought on the battlefield. But that doesn't mean we're better. It, it just means we provided and killed a lot of people and killed each other. And what that's done is is it's made men super violent and super aggressive and super passive aggressive. And that's why we've turned it on women because we started on the battlefield, but we've turned it on our wives and our girlfriends and our sisters and daughters. And that's the problem here. But what it did was it allowed women to sort of be away from those toxic places where we were conducting ourselves. 
So I think over time, women have developed a level of intelligence that we will never match. Personally, that's what mm, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's why... really I, interesting. Never th- sort that's of thought about I think. it that way. I mean, they always say yeah, a strong woman, the strong woman behind a, you know, a strong, a good, a good man or whatever, you know, they, they have that saying. Yeah, they do. And I believe that's true because we're conditioned yeah, for war. Like my mm. great granddad was in World War One. His dad died in World War One in the Somme. So my reachable family history was violent. So this yeah. toxic masculinity is within a stone's throw of my DNA. So at the end of the day, it's like, imagine how far back that goes with all the historic war and battle and bloodshed we've had in life. And mm. we- women have always been at the end of that in some yeah, form I mean, or fashion. So. We're talking mm. about this in like a very sort of hetero way. And of course, toxic masculinity isn't, is, you know, can be for all genders, all sexualities. But it makes sense because frustratingly, women have always been sort of seen as the weaker and men have always been seen as the stronger and to change that around like it's not it's not weak to ask for help it's actually one of the strongest things that anyone can do it's so yeah. hard to do that but a lot yeah. of people like hide behind it because they don't want to ask for help or don't want to recognize or um it's very easy to just blame other people or come up with excuses rather than be like you know actually like i'm fucked i need to work on myself which yeah. is it's yeah. beautiful Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it really is. And honestly, like I remember the days where I was so shit scared to talk about things. Like I knew things that had happened. I'd block them out to myself and try and bullshit myself. But obviously yourself always knows your your game. It always goes like, I know what happened last summer, motherfucker. So it's like, you know, at <laughs> yeah. the end of the day, there's only a certain amount of time you can bullshit yourself before you feel like you're stabbing yourself in the back. And it got to that point where I got sick of myself. I literally got mm. sick of existing in my own consciousness. And I was like, I, like either I'm not here no more, so I'll just kill myself or mm-hmm. I fix my relationship with myself and start working on forgiveness and um, acceptance of what's happened to me. Like, and segregate that from being a man because it's got absolutely nothing with me being a man. That's, that's the bottom line. No. Would you be able to talk more about your journey to sort of getting to this point where you've really had to kind of look back inside yourself Mm -hmm. and really start talking? Yeah. mm. Yeah. So um, I think for the last five years, I've really been five years in total. I've really been like looking within. I've really been asking myself questions. Probably five years ago was roughly around the moment where I was like, I fucking had enough. That's it. So I put myself in a corner like we're going to face this. And it was a real difficult decision. And I was really scared. I was really nervous of like telling people stuff and telling people, close people to me stuff. You know, I felt ashamed. I felt like, oh, I'm going to be judged. You know, I never talked about my foot fetish my whole life. Even hey, though it's, you know, baby. come on. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's ruled my life. Like it's, it's dominated my life the whole time. Mm-hmm. I've, like my earliest memory, I was about three. You know, mm. I'm trying to pull off my uh, my godmother's socks and shit. You know what I mean? Like it's it's been there forever. That's but, so interesting. Yeah, yeah I love it. Uh, but it's not so talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's so fascinating. It makes you feel like a bad person if you don't face things like that. Something like, mm. especially like a fetish that has been with you all your life. That yep. that if you don't if you hold on to it, it builds and builds and turns into this big horrible monster that you can't escape from, yeah. and that just looms over you, controlling your life. When yeah. all you need to do to get rid of that monster is just to name it. You know, of course, it's not your fault. Embrace it as well. Fetish. It's not your 100%. fault. That you, yeah. I'm super it. proud. I'm super proud of it, man. Like, I mean, 
I'm even gonna get um like I've been getting a lot of tattoos. I just got my face tattooed. Like nice. and I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a foot tattooed. You know what I mean? Like no a, way. Yeah, man. Sexy soul. Yeah, I'm gonna Shit. get a sexy foot like with the arch and everything because it's like <gasps> oh, I used yeah. to draw that in a book when I was like five six years old. It was I think I mentioned on the Come Curious thing. It was a little manual that I designed yeah. for myself because ah. I used to do art before music and the manual was basically I'd read it and be like okay this is how I go downstairs like everything was like illustrated and like when one of my relatives or whoever victim is sleeping I'm gonna like pull out their foot without them knowing it and get their sock off just to look you know and that was my whole goal so I'm I just want to look at these feet yeah that's what a fetish does to you right it like because and and you're a child at the time yeah because it becomes obsessive you're you're a child like you can't help the the feelings that you feel you don't know that's wrong or right you just do them and then as we grow older we realise it's a sexual thing even though it might not necessarily started out like that and we feel bad for it because oh my god like that's what I did with you know my my relatives I shouldn't do that society tells me that that's not okay Um, that's what I masturbate over society tells yeah. me that's not okay rather yep. than like yeah. you know like that's where my tickle fetish comes from like I of course yeah. I was tickled by my relatives like my dad's tickled me my cousins yeah. tickled me and then that builds up this like <gasps> but then oh my god um I must yeah, you know incest yeah. and bad and illegal and of, of course, course that's not yeah. it at all no it's, it's just not. That's just it's like not. where it sparks and stems from is yeah. a feeling of connection with people, and yeah. and that can be really closely related to fetish. Like a, a lot of yeah. a lot of like the stuff for me um, with tickling is about it's like intense wanting for somebody and like mm. touch touch plays a big part of that of course touch mm. does for everybody but that's like an intense form of touch which is almost like sexual but again stems from parents from um, maybe not yep. getting as much. Um, as much attention from my dad so when he yep. did that then it would be like oh my god attention that's that's mm. his form of love for me mm-hmm. so it's and and you, the amount of shame you go through trying to figure all that out throughout your life and then you I don't yeah. know speak about it to a therapist and they go well that makes perfect sense because this is yeah. this and this and you're like oh oh okay right yeah. that that does make sense I'm still a bit scared to talk about it but yeah no it's yeah, yeah. It's I am I mean I, I, I'm not scared at, at all anymore and I have yeah. no more fear like I mean I wouldn't get a tattoo of a foot if I had a problem with it um but you know <laughs> it, it takes time like and you know even by the time I got to I think I was 10 I used to cut out all the um like the things from the catalogs like that had feet in it and stick them in a scrapbook you know what I mean like I had so many approaches like Mm -hmm. it it, you know I'm an obsessive guy anyway you know I'm I'm really super obsessive super intense super black and white very difficult at the best of times but but my obsessiveness is like what makes me me and it includes the foot thing so Mm -hmm. I think I know the foot thing and the toxic male thing are two separate things but it's all about like me talking about everything like my mm-hmm. sexual abuse, my when I was a toxic male because of that, and my foot fetish, and all the you know my um, the thing I mentioned about having a porn addiction, you know all these things, yeah. man. It's like there's no yeah. more skeletons in the closet, and it feels good. It feels so like, good, right? Oh, you feel man. like you feel like you. You feel like mm-hmm. oh, this is yep. me, and and like there's not a single bit of you where you go oh, I can't tell anyone in case of what nah. they think. Or like, that that's bad, I shouldn't have done that. It's just like, yeah. you know what, that's me. And that's just like the way that life has happened. Those are the circumstances yeah. I've gone through and I, it's led me here today. Exactly. And you finally can breathe when you're honest about everything. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. 
oh my god why was i keeping that in for so fucking long 100 percent, yeah I, I i just wanted like the last few years my main goal was if i'm ever like i'm not in a position where there's going to be tabloids writing about me because i'm not known like that i'm known mm-hmm. in in the industry and that's about it and i'm happy with that but you know how life goes if anything was to explode for whatever reason and all of a sudden i'm a person of more interest there ain't shit the media can write about me because i'm talking about yeah. it yeah you know what i mean so I'd rather be in that position where I call it first and own it yeah. and accept it than someone have a dirty t- headline on me and say, oh, this this guy did this or did that. He's weird. I mean, there'll still be the dirty headlines, especially yeah. the foot fetish. It's it like the we were I'm talking right about um, the <laughs> guy in Love Island who like op- in the opening credits was like, yeah, I'm into feet. And then well, like yeah. a destroyed. week later, his ex-girlfriend sent in a photo of her foot and like him like with her foot to like the sun or whatever. I was like, suddenly like scandal yeah. city it's like wait he's just being open about this stop yeah. like you know what are you really dragging out here yeah. oh the shame the sex oh, shame man. is unreal i'll frame those motherfucking papers man if they did that to me i'll put them in frames on the wall <laughs> honestly because like i feel like when yeah, people this is fight an achievement things, actually yeah, yeah like <laughs> if you fight it it obviously means you haven't accepted it you know if you yeah. just go yeah. mm-hmm. cool whatever man it's all good like, yeah, yeah it's that's, same that's with that's like being defensive. Like, yeah, if you if you fight it, you haven't accepted it. Yeah, as soon as you go defensive, oh no, I'm not into this. That's not absolutely. me. Oh, this this happened for that reason. It's just like, you know what? You can just go. You know what? That that is that did happen. Or maybe you don't yeah. agree with the actions that you did before in the past or who you were before in the past. Yeah. But mm. like, you're you now. Yeah. Um, it's I I really appreciate you saying that you were a motherfucker that you were violent. Like that's such a big yeah. thing to say because Thank you. so many people are terrified that if they if they say that people will revere them as that as who they are now but to be able to say that you were that person means you're not that person anymore now yeah Um, and of course there might be moments where a little glimmer of that might come back but that's okay that's part of the healing process yeah as long as you recognize it and move on from it 100 percent. yeah absolutely yeah we we haven't really ever spoken about like porn addiction and stuff on the podcast i just sort of realized that so would you be able to tell us like a little bit more about what I guess where that started and like where it left you as well. Motherfucking internet, man. When the, listen, when the internet <laughs> when the internet exploded and came out, I was, I don't know how, I was a teenager. You know what I mean? Like I'm 35. So I remember the internet boom. I remember like dial up, you know, all that, you know, I remember that those days. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. We're of that age. But yeah, I rem- you know, I re- remember those times and like we didn't have porn up. We didn't have streaming video. Like it was all very different. So you kind of, yeah like the intensity of my horniness made me go to any extreme to like watch stuff and Mm. get stuff and it was almost like a crackhead like going for crack you know and it was even before the internet like we were too young to get porn magazines from the shops so we used to run in there and grab one and run out and the guy would come chasing (laughs) us down the street yeah like we like i I got arrested for that you know i got arrested for stealing porn yeah I got You're arrested. Joking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got yeah, arrested. That, that would also create a lot of shame around sex. Just yeah. like literally mm. getting the police involved, the law involved, your parents involved, or whoever involved yeah. wow. makes it into this big thing. And it's like, really, Definitely. it should have just been about stealing, but it probably made it about the porn as well. Definitely. And a massive I, yeah. taboo. That's when my, horrible. My mum found my, one of my porn, porn magazines too. And it, like for a second, I thought like we, we're Catholic all of a sudden because the, the response was like, so extreme and again yeah it does make you feel ashamed and like yeah i don't know Mm. like yeah like um 
I did, just the addiction got like out of hand and then the thing is like from mm-hmm. being teenage to like growing up it it carried on being extreme into my 20s so mm-hmm. it was it was like that you know like you start with a cigarette then you go to weed then you go to hard drugs then you know it that kind of thing happens in life if you don't get a control of whatever it is you're going into mm-hmm. um like any habit yeah. or any addiction so I just never ever fought it like I let it run its course and obviously it took me to a mm-hmm. place where I'd be masturbating for like three hour sessions, four hour sessions until my dick is like swollen and you know, like, and what I'm telling my, my brain in those moments is that I have 50 partners because I have 50 tabs open. You know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's really terrible for your, um, for your mind because your subconscious doesn't really know the difference between that and reality. So it's not really How come you like could go, go until it got painful? Like what was the kind of like need there to continue even after it? got uncomfortable it was just a case of like excessive excessive usage do you know what i mean like i mm, I'd, yeah. i wouldn't get tired i'd stop for a bit start again stop for a bit start again or i'd make mm, yeah. it like i'd make myself last for three hours it was more of like competitiveness wow. with myself in a way um yeah or or because i had 50 tabs i'd like i'd like watch 10 and then i'd be like oh yeah. but there was these great ones down here somewhere so it was just like the rabbit hole would get deeper and deeper well, silver lining, it would have been great for your stamina. Yeah. <laughs> potentially yeah, yeah. not not yeah. great. Like we forget that delayed orgasm, delayed ejaculation is also just as bad as, not bad, sorry, just mm. as um, detrimental to sex yeah. as yeah. Uh, premature ejaculation. Yeah. Um, well, initially, like both of what you said stands true because mm-hmm. initially I could like delay for, for ages and it was like, oh, this is fucking great, whatever. But then over time, I couldn't even get an erection. Like yeah. I, I stopped getting erections. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I became like, oh wow. Yeah, I couldn't do anything. Like it put me in a position where, like, I didn't even know how I felt anymore. Like it yeah. was crazy. And was it crazy. because that, like, you associated? I mean, was it these these erections not with other people? As in, like, on your own? Uh, both. Both. Yeah. Both. I, Fuck. Just That's... a period of time. And also one thing I'll say that I think I've spoken to a lot of my male friends about is that no matter what we do and how glorious we make it when we masturbate, like this is just natural. We could do it mm. with some candles and some pan pipes and whatever. Like we could make mm-hmm. it beautiful. Like I'm just loving myself, however you want to look at it. But there's always an aspect of feeling a bit of sort of like shame after we we ejaculate from masturbation. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to a friend about this and he doesn't masturbate because he feels so much shame yeah. around ejaculating or even masturbating in the first place. And I was just yeah. like, what? Like, yeah. I, yeah, I just, because I don't, yeah. Because yeah. as a woman, I feel like even though masturbation obviously is shamed in a way, um, especially when you're growing up and I guess in certain religions as well, we've always been like, it's always been like sex in the city. It's always been very open about masturbation. Like it's cool for women female, to Female yeah. sex toys are always like spoken yeah. about um, more in like pop culture, like Cosmopolitan magazine, like all of these things were very like pro female pleasure and female masturbation. Yeah, Whereas you definitely. never really think about it from the guy's point because you just think, oh yeah, guys just wank all the time. Like it was mm. just, you know, yeah. it's so normal for guys to wank. And it's mm-hmm. like when women do 
it's like this sort of beautiful, magical thing. But when a man does it, it's always taken the piss out of in media, in films. Yep. It's like, even just mm. yeah. the word, like you're a wanker. Yeah. Um, and people take the piss out of it. So it's Tossa, like, wanker. you should really be, yeah, you should really be getting back down to your, like, like self-love and self-care roots and, and, and actually lighting the candles before you masturbate and yep. get like, you know, treating yourself to toys and to lube to yeah. really reconnect. 100%. Um, I know I, we've yeah, gone, absolutely. gone off on a massive tangent there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's really important. It's really important mm. to talk about male masturbation because yeah. that is something that we don't ever talk about. Mm. Interesting. And it's great to have a guy on the podcast to talk about that as well. Absolutely. Actually, I wonder if this is like a weird segue into what we wanted to bring up with you, which was something, <laughs> a question that we asked on the podcast like a couple of weeks ago, um, which was, so I just saw, I saw a TikTok mm-hmm. and it said that men aren't attracted to you for five minutes after they ejaculate. And there was an explosive reaction when I Mm. reposted us talking about it on TikTok and also on Instagram. Um, A lot of people saying, yeah, like post-nut clarity. Um, Yeah, this is true. Um, And then a lot of people just like, no, this is like complete crap. Mm. So we wanted to bring it up and ask a male. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I've heard this before and I've read about this before. I think there are many different, um, there are many different contexts for this. So you know, like I just said, after guys masturbate by themselves, they have an element of self-disgust because they feel like they have, I think the basis of that is because we feel like we have a lack of self-control. So I think the yeah. same could stand for when a guy um, sleeps with a with a woman because, for example, if he's not that attracted to her in the first place, but he's just like, I just want to fuck. You know, that happens a lot. And, yeah. you know, I did that. My friends have done that. And it's just, it leads guys to a point where they're in the moment, they're animals, you know, they're biting each other. Like it's just, in, and then when they finish, they're just like, oh yeah, shit. I didn't really want to be here in the first place, but it happened. So yeah, it depends on the context mm-hmm. because even when people are like married and together for a long times, I've heard that they've gone through that, that experience of like feeling a disconnection yeah. afterwards. But I think it's, I think it's more to do with something going on within the guy. I think it's something because guys have a very strange perspective of themselves. So I think we struggle with the way we view everything. So of course, women, we're going to have that same <laughs> struggle. I, I believe that's got a lot to, to answer for. Um, but for me personally, I don't, I don't, I can't say I've ever really had that feeling personally. I feel know. like when this, I feel like if a man is attracted to a woman and like is actually attracted through and through, regardless of sex, I feel like that doesn't necessarily apply, but I get, I get the, um, uh, what, what was it? The post-nut um, clarity. Yeah, thing. post-nut clarity, where it's like they weren't necessarily fully attracted to you anyway, but the sex is there, it's on the table, they're going to take it. Mm. I get yeah. exactly the same way. You know, yeah. I've, I'm like, well, the date hasn't gone that well, but like, let's see what the sex is like. And then, yeah, yeah you do get like a post-nut clarity where it's like, yeah. it doesn't, you don't even have to nut. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah okay, right. That has <laughs> confirmed that I yeah. definitely don't want anything more. True, yeah. Um, True. Yeah, and I think that I, can skew this sort of like little like definitely. dodgy There's, fact and make an, people in, who are in loving relationships yeah. think 
otherwise like oh when they come they're obviously not going to find me attractive and but then, then also yeah. what nat was saying about the shame with masturbation that yeah. could also play a part in how yeah, they that, feel that after they ejaculate so yeah. they could be in a loving relationship and love that person but still feel this disconnect or like shame or even like disgust in some kind of way after ejaculating because of the shame that they have in built in themselves because mm. of how they feel about exactly yeah, i'm yeah. sure there are plenty of people who have have sex especially if they're into something maybe that isn't the norm mm, that isn't like yeah. revered as like cool like maybe even a foot fetish and they'll do that act and then they'll feel like so much shame about it they're so embarrassed it's like they can't handle they can't even like deal with their own emotions and how they feel about that so it's like yeah. maybe they just ghost that person because it's just too much for them yeah yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so as well it's because in the in the heat of the moment men use that kind of space to vent their pent-up aggression sometimes and even mm-hmm. if they don't do it directly, what's in like, sex? Yeah, but even if they don't do it directly, like slap you on the ass, like pull your hair, like the, the known factors of like mm-hmm. showing some sexual aggression, which is, you know, obviously should be received well and not done in a way where it's like like without permission or whatever. But guys mm-hmm. sometimes nice. think those things and don't do them. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes they they don't talk. Like guys have got this whole story going on in their head where some guys where it's like you know in the heat of the moment they're not going to talk about what they've got pent up inside and in a way Mm. like when they finish like when they ejaculate they they hate themselves because they're like why didn't i do what i wanted to do why didn't i take control so it's there's the control factor but then also scientifically and from a physiological level there's obviously that chemical that releases after men ejaculate to kind of make them sleep kind of thing like chill you out stop like pause regenerate the sperm and regenerate Mm -hmm. the semen or whatever and every man has a different level of that chemical too because some guys can come one one time after the other like a freaking machine gun you know what i mean like you know some guys can do once and then they're done for the night you know so i think again yeah done for the week the month yeah for real like i think that the answer to that Mm -hmm. question lies within each individual guy rather than a general mass of people yeah personally so what's yeah. the moral of the story florence don't believe tiktok <laughs> oh, i don't no, believe definitely not. it i just saw it and i thought it's it was a very right? interesting no it really is it really yeah. is yeah no it really is yeah because yeah. also also you have like all the shame around like um coming before your partner comes or yep. like thinking that you came too soon yeah there's so many things that could like yeah there's so many factors that could be why people feel that way after sex Mm -hmm. so it's just it is a very interesting thing and i think it's really important to talk about because guys are just sitting here being like shit i just feel like you know i don't like this person after sex Mm -hmm. like what does that mean yeah Yeah. do you think they think that though they're sitting there like "Mm, what does this mean i'd love it i'd love it if they do horrible gross generalization really yeah no they do like (laughs) and that's like i do (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, listen, I've fought, I've definitely fought many different things. I've had many different wars inside my head and dialogue. It's almost like if you made that mm-hmm. two people in my, what's in my head, you're going to see a horrendous fight in front of you because like, <laughs> yeah. and it's not just me, a lot of guys that I've spoken to, friends, family, like we, we fear so many things that we don't talk about. It's not just like being abused or being hurt or being sad, wanting to cry. That's mm-hmm. definitely, we all know yeah. that guys only cry for funerals and football. We know that we see that. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, it's like guys also have this war going on in their head about like, shit, like, is my dick being big enough? Like, did I go hard mm-hmm. enough? Yeah. Did I take enough control? Did like, did I last long mm-hmm. enough? Did I pleasure her? Because again, guys watch porn. Which is all toxic masculinity mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Exactly. We yeah. watch porn like that's school. 
but that's not school because mm. when you really do your homework you realize that big dicks ain't always the thing and actually hurt more women than yeah. they pleasure more women women don't always mm-hmm. uh, that women hardly ever orgasm from penetrative sex and they require a lot more mm-hmm. assistance to find different ways to get that experience you know of course everyone's mm-hmm. different but guys have got all this information from porn and it's mostly just hollywood yeah. bullshit you know at the end of the day hollywood yeah. bullshit like that's yeah. all like smoke and mirrors yeah man how when you talk to other guys about all these things and like just being open in general how how do they react to you being so open about everything that's happened to you and like just wanting to communicate them are they there for it or are they is yeah. there a bit of like an ego bash no if they're not there for it i'm not they're not in my life pers- personally um <laughs> Amazing. there used to be a lot of those guys in my life but they were part of the problem because having them in my circle, which I said before, is a cage rather than a circle. They start inflicting yeah. ideologies onto you and then you start acting out of character. But now it's like I have a circle of guys in my life. Some I've had there for years. Some of them are new friends. But I've got these guys at this round table, so to speak. And we can talk about these things and they know I'm open. They know I talk about everything. Mm. And because I do that, mm-hmm. they come forward and they say, oh, bro, like I really want to talk to you about this. Or they'll tell me things and then I'll oh, go, oh, cool. you too. Oh, I did that too. And we've got this dialogue going oh, that's on. That's so good. You know, yeah. What's this round table thing? I just call, oh, that's I just what I call it. Like, yeah, it's, oh, a, it's a metaphor, but it might as well like, be. I was like, oh, you set up this like little round table talks <laughs> with the men. That's so Yeah, cool. but it might as well be real because, you know, that's I have a round <laughs> table of people in my life that have assisted me like on my healing journey on my spiritual journey you know I've had my therapist there who's been incredible then I've got other spiritual people like one guy in Jamaica that I talked to and he's like a a spiritual nomad you know what I mean and he's Mm. like he advises me and stuff and just like you've got your round table of people you know whether that's family friends associates but I've decided to have a round table of guys that can be vulnerable everyone emotional everyone should have that yeah, yeah, it's so important. It's Everyone re-educating needs their yourself. Round table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what can you do if you're um, if you're a man or if you struggle talking to your male friends? Like, how do you spark up a conversation? How do you like make it okay for certain things to talk about? Um, I think just holding a safe space, and you know, if you've got like, for example, when I was a lot more toxic, a lot more private, a lot more secretive about things that I fought and did, I, you know, there were moments where I'd have, you know. one of my bros there and I'd say bro like do do you like do you watch a lot of porn like and he'd say oh yeah sometimes and he'd be a bit on edge because he's like what's this guy asking me that for and I'd say like what do you think's too much bro like when what's the limit and then he'd say I don't know and then he'd be you know putting his barriers up and I then I'd say well because I've got this issue man like I can't stop man like it's crazy I'm watching it where in like mm. in public places in the back of an Uber and shit it's like what like and then, then he'll then feel safe to come forward with some information because I've put myself in yeah. a vulnerable position mm-hmm. I think it's about taking that vulnerable step and that is mm. a massive statement to the person next to you or in your life because they then feel like oh I can too because he won't judge me because he did it you know what I mean so I think it's just about collaboration and rather than expecting people to open up when you haven't opened up, I don't think that's the way, that's the way it should go. I think you have to take the step, which is telling your own subconscious and your own soul, we're doing this. We've done this. We didn't Mm. have to be guided. We just, we did it because it was the right thing to do. And I think it's good for yourself and it's good for others to, to take those scary steps. I'm not saying they're not scary. They are. But once you do, you're like, 
what the fuck was I scared about that for? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you look how, at how, is, how is your life, how has your life changed like now from what it was like before you were kind of talking about all your issues and um, just being more open in general about man stuff? Oh man, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It's a rebirth. It's a rebirth for sure. Like not being violent anymore, like not needing to go out and fight. I never started fights, but I, I had the mm. idea of fighting all the time. You know, I was like, mm. if something kicked off, the first person out there was me. Like I had no problem. And Shit. It, you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, like I had no issue. Like I didn't talk. I wasn't one of these per- guys who was like, come on then, let's go. Blah, blah, blah. Like I would just be like in for the action. You know what I mean? But that was always Fuck. because I was so angry. Like I was so angry with myself. And mm. in those moments I pictured my father like I'm looking at this person like you're my dad. Wow. And if I look at that guy like you're my dad, it's going to end very badly because I had a lot of anger for my dad Shit. F- before, not anymore. Mm. But um, my life has changed, man. Like I'm, I'm more at peace with myself and by talking, it's saved my life effectively because at the times where I was definitely in a position where I was close to some kind of death, like I nearly died five times, right? Some of those times what? were- yeah some of those times were out of my hands so i can't attribute those to my well-being but some of those times were certainly linked to the way i was treating myself in in one way or another um so i I would say you know as in a whole like me talking has effectively like i'm here today because of that so i think it's a life-saving measure to take i don't think it's just so you can feel better and teach people and like Mm. you know like grow from it i think it's to save your life i think it's to give your like even if it's not saving you from dying literally it it saves you from dying in installments which is even worse because you die slowly yeah you lose part of yourself i mean like there's a huge problem with men and depression and it just makes so much sense after hearing you say all of that um why that would be the case Because there's so many pent up emotions and so many feelings that are confused inside yourself. Of course, you're going to end up depressed. Yeah, for sure. And as I said before, we've carried this down through generations. Like this is our forefathers and ancestors traumas that haven't been reset or haven't been worked on. And we're just basically offloading on it. Like when my dad was a baby, his his grand his granddad and grandma used to put whiskey in his bottle to make him sleep. You know that yeah. was a, that was something they used to do. So it's like yeah. all of this shit is put into people, and then they grow up and they're like, "What the fuck is happening to me?" But it's you don't mm-hmm. understand that it's not all to do with you. It's like your world has also been shaped by other people. So men have got this this thing where that happens intergenerationally, but then also in the playground, boys are carrying their different traumas and we share them and we become like in a cesspit of trauma. And then guys encourage yeah. this toxic masculinity in the pub, etc. where we're like, would you fuck her? Would you, fuck her? you know, and it's, it's just all like, we're distorting, like we're distorting the sense of reality. Like we know we're guys, we know we like to fuck. We know that we get horny. We know that we have issues with wanking and all this stuff. Like that's, that's a known fact. Anyone that could sit in front of me being a man, I could look him in the eye and go, you've had a problem wanking. You've definitely thought about fucking your teacher when you were at school. You've definitely probably looked at your sister's friends. You might have even looked at your mum's friends. It's just, it's just what being a guy is about. We lose control. Mm-hmm. But taking that control back is when you become a real, a real balanced man. Like that's not a real man, but just mm-hmm. a balanced man. Because you're able to have these thoughts, but you don't always necessarily have to act on them. So instead yeah. of, you know. And everyone ses- yeah. has that. Yeah. Everyone is yeah. capable. 
Absolutely. I yeah, am absolutely. in deep with this. Everything you're saying is just so fucking incredible. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Sorry, <thank you. laughs> it makes so much sense. Yeah. Th- these are just things I've picked up along the way. And it's just obviously, I'm, you know, I'm a massive reader. I like to study loads of different things, psychology and like human behavior and all sorts of things. I'm yeah. just fascinated. Like even mind control, not so I can control someone's mind, but so I can understand <laughs> like- just so Even I can, mind control. <laughs> just so I can understand like why was my mind controlled for 17 years? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, yeah. why, why did I, why, did, why was I a victim to that? How did I fall for that shit? But me understanding yeah. how it's done, it, it helps me to understand not just what happened to me, but what happens to so many people. So if I have yeah. a conversation with someone, I can definitely meet them halfway and say, you know what? Yeah. Let's talk on a level. I think I've got some information that you might need to hear, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I really hope that like everything that you've said today has inspired loads of men who listen to this podcast to start talking to their friends more, yeah. make, their, make their little circle and yeah. really like open up this communication. And you know, it was like the reason why me and Reed started doing what we did was because we both sat together and started talking about all our hangups and you know, it really impacted us in a positive way. And that's yeah. why we wanted to share it with the world. That's so amazing. men just need to do this as well. Oh, I'm telling you, it's easier yeah. for us to do it, but yeah, guys need to. Oh, for yeah, sure. We, we've been sort of given, like, women at least have been given more tools to be able to talk and open up and that's like very normal Mm. in our circles you know it's always like oh speak to mummy about it you know and even Mm. just like hearing that is like such a you'd never go to dad for your problems but you'd always go to mum and that already sets you up as like well women can talk and and men if you want the serious financial advice go to dad yeah Yeah. actually i don't know about that knowing my parents (laughs) definitely go to mum jesus run away oh my god definitely go to my mum for that as well (laughs) oh my days see toxic stereotypes fucked him no for sure So Nat, please tell our curious fuckers where they can find you and find more information about what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, curious fuckers, you can find me on Instagram, um, Nat Powers. Just that's my that's that's how you can find me. Um, otherwise, just yeah, reach out, man. Like, don't hesitate to DM me, get in contact if you have something you want to know or you just want to talk. I'm always receptive to people, and I'm that guy who makes friends with people on the plane when I get a flight somewhere. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. receptive to everybody. So yeah, that's how you can find me. Nice. And definitely check out the Curious Friends episode we did on Instagram TV with Nat as well, because you really opened up on that. I think you got into some of the subjects that we spoke about today, but in a in a like deeper, maybe more personal way as well, because we, yeah. we went on tangents over here. Yeah, so. we did, man. We, we went in the spider web, but yeah, check it out, man. We went- and, and just a huge thank you for being so honest and talking about things like suicide, like like you know drug addiction porn addiction as well as violence because it is so you know it's we have this idea that men do it but they can't talk about it if they do talk about it it's Mm. a bad thing which we you know we really need to try and break down and move away from and talking about it owning it means that you are working on it it's one one final thought i'll leave based on what you just said and what um florence Mm. said a bit earlier is that i feel like women find it easier to unite because they unite over the problems they're going through but men find it harder because we unite over pretending there's no problems we're going through. Wow. Yeah. Shit, that's, man. Is that, that's, a, that's a next that's a house tattoo of cards. kind of thing. Uh, for real. And that's a, that's a house of cards. <laughs> it will always fall down. But women have got this stability because they unite on their problems 
to share a common ground and say we're in this together we're all going through some shit but guys go no nah, yeah. i'm good man i'm not i'm good i've got money in the bank i've got you know i'm, I'm i don't have addiction yeah, yeah. like it's it's all bullshit that's so true. That's so true. My mind is blown. My, yeah, mind blown. <laughs> well, thank you so much, oh, yeah. Matt. Thank you. Oh, man. man. Thank you beautiful. both for having me, man. I, I, I really I appreciate you both very much. Thank you. All right. Well, that was incredible. It was really good. Nat was amazing. It's so good to talk about men's men's stuff men's things, men talking men talking i kind of wish i was a man so i could like I, I was profound hearing for me let alone being like a man hearing that yeah fuck yeah there was some like a lot of mind bending moments at the end of that yeah. and i was just like epiphanies yeah. epiphanies um so porn story exciting stuff we mm. have the next chapter <gasps> or like the next little sentence of the podcast well not even the sentence because basically at the end of the last segment we asked you to choose between two scenarios scenario a which was another man is sat in florence's apartment or scenario b reed has her own secret to tell florence Ooh. and we got you to vote over on instagram what do you want to the next section to be which is really fun and the winner was <laughs> am i saying the winner or you <laughs> i don't know uh it was scenario b <laughs> reed has her own secret to tell florence so now the next step is to figure out what that secret is <laughs> so you need to contact us and let us oh, know basically baby. um so what is the story so far we have florence opening the door to me i'm the landlady i'm angry um She's angry at me. I have revealed, revealed that Florence is having an affair with her husband. And then also, it's written down here as Re without a D. It's cracking me up. Re's. Sorry. Um, and Reed's husband then turns up. What? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, your, your husband, he turned up and I was very turned on by both, both. of you. And there was the sweat, and wasn't you there? Started to, you started to undress me and that's where we left off. Yeah, and, you know, we found out that Florence actually doesn't have a front door. <laughs> yeah, we can figure out what happened there. Um, that, was, that was good. So the next bit of the story... Yeah, it's going to be, Reed has her own secret to tell me. So I guess I'm naked. <laughs> I'm there naked standing in front of you and you're like, well, Florence. And I'm there like tapping, dot, dot, dot. tapping my foot. My husband's there. But you undress me. So I'm a bit confused. I'm like, wait, what? I thought you were into this. I mean, when would I not be into it? <laughs> I, I, I wonder what the your reality. secret will be. What is it the secret? It could be like a kink. It could be you were fucking my boyfriend or it's all like the you knew oh you knew about the affair all along and it was actually your doing you you constructed it you were the puppeteer you know what i'd be impressed if someone doesn't do the stereotypical porn trope that would be cool What's that? like so like basically oh the, the the normal secret thing that you normally see in, in porn films where what like the secret is I'm actually having Florence's child. <laughs> you know that shit. <laughs> um, so let, let's. Let, I, I want. I want to hear like creativity, something that's like out of this world, Ooh. that's like crazy. Yeah. So please email in what you think Reed's secret is to fksgiven at comecurious.co.uk. Yeah, please. 
Make it good. And or we'll ask you on Instagram as well, so you can get in touch there as well. But thank you, curious fuckers, for listening to this week's episode. And make sure you are following us on our social media, which is at come curious, at read amber x and at Florence Bark. And share and spread us like a dead <laughs> STI. Was that supposed to be my voice? Um yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. My brain's gone, so you might have to round up the whole thing. I like. I was, oh yeah, Reed's got COVID. Reed's got literal COVID literal brain. COVID and right I've now. got infection brain. I'm just like a big walking infection right now. You are. Yes, I'm surprised that you're here. You turned up to record a podcast. I turned up. To be honest, and you turned. You you turned up. Well done. You you turned up. Well done, Reed. We we're all so glad that you did. Thanks. So. Can we stop this podcast now, please? <laughs> okay, see you next Thursday, curious fuckers. See you next Thursday. Bye. I love you all. Bye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. <laughs>